Hey, Scott. Yes, Adam. I invited the entirety of Twitter to our show today. Oh, my God. Yeah, and I think about 50 of them showed up. So what? That's, what's 50 divided by 200 million? Let's just go home. Live from Happy Harbor Comics, where even the ghosts are friggin' nerds, it's the Unknown Studio! And here are your lovely and dainty hosts, Scott C. Bourgeois and Adam, please stop touching myself, Rosenhart. Well, Scott, you've already ruined the show. And it's early. There's a lot of stuff on this stage. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm gonna, I, I, uh, Erica, we've broken your everything, so <laughs> there's that. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, there's some um, people here. That was unexpected. So. Yeah, we uh, really welcome. didn't think anyone would show up. That's why we are already drunk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he's never coming back. <laughs> DJ Trent Wilkie, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. He is going to be our Andy Richter. Or our Paul Schaefer if he fucks up. <laughs> You're not my mom. You're not my mom, right? No, that's cool. actually true. Scott is not Trent's mom, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Really? <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's, that's I'm just excited to be here. So we've never done anything like this before. No. And we decided, why not do something special and do something exactly like this? And it's so far so good. It's happening. Yeah. It's happening right before your eyes. We, uh, we're, what, five minutes late and two minutes in, so uh, so far so good. We're basically rock stars that wear adult diapers. <laughs> You're ah. wearing yours, right? Okay. <laughs> it's just easier this way. Also, we're on stage for most of the show. Yeah. So. Uh, except for most of it. Um, That's also true. Now, um, we should mention something. We should. Uh, we are here at the delightful and beautiful Happy Harbor Comics in downtown Edmonton. Scenic and historic no, downtown Edmonton. He doesn't, he doesn't care. You haven't hurt his feelings at all. We are at Happy Harbor yeah. Comics. There we go. You know what? No, that's fair. What has Jay ever done for you? Well, maybe... Maybe he's done a little something. Maybe he's done a lot of something. Maybe he thinks he's Oprah. Because what we wanted you to do right now is look underneath your chairs. Oh, my God. There's a little present there underneath your seats from Happy Harbor Comics. There really is, yes. It's We're not just making you all look weird. It's not a joke. Everybody gets a puppy. It's not a joke. And, and it, of course, it can't be as cool as the stuff Oprah gives away. There are no cars. So it, it's no, you don't get a car. You get a card. Yeah. A card. That so. is the distinction. So for those of you who have never been to this store before and up until this very moment plan to never come back, <laughs> think again. Now you have an excuse. You have there a $20 you. voucher good for the whole month of July. 
So now we've we've established the venue and made all of the people who weren't able to be here tonight incredibly jealous. Yes, but they'll be jealous next week when we actually release the show. So, uh, so if you oh that reminds me, you need to be tweeting about this. That's actually why we're glad that Mac is here tonight because we know that all of this will be thoroughly documented. <laughs> Our, uh, thanks, no, thank you so much, everybody who's tweeting. Use the TUS Live hashtag uh, and talk about the adult diaper thing and the vouchers and and prob H H Comics. There you go. All right, so um, I am one half of your host, Scott C. Bourgeois. He's actually one half of a whole host. I s collective hosts. We are terrible at math. Uh, and I am your second host, Adam C. Rosenhart. Really? Yeah. My middle name is Christopher. I have no idea what your middle name is. And you won't find out today. So here's the challenge for you, ladies and gentlemen. If you can figure out Scott's middle name, you can take him home. That's right. <laughs> because every... It's, it's harder than it sounds. <laughs> uh, in addition to us, we've got... <laughs> I am... Really biting my tongue. <laughs> if we were recording this in Scott's basement, which is where we usually do, I would not bite my tongue. But th there are ladies present. Not that that's ever stopped him before. <laughs> so, all right. So we have a great show lined up. I think we do. I really feel like it's possible that we may have constructed for you this evening a show that is great. So we decided to uh, kind of go double down on our live show, and we have two guests. Two amazing guests for you this evening. We have uh, Dana Di Tommaso, yes. the technology correspondent for CBC Radio, the organizer, co-organizer of Girl Geek Dinners. Uh, she also owns her own business. She's from Hamilton. She's fabulous. And we're going to have her on in a little. Yes. They can hear you. She's also on. my boss. Yeah. Oh yeah, Trent's you boss look, you also. Look you look super great. This. <laughs> She's so neat we, uh, to see you in person finally. We. We planned this before we knew that she'd made the mistake of hiring you, so. It's not really a mistake yet. <laughs> just, just the night is young, head. Trent. The I'll night is young. I wash my he hands. Plenty of time. We do have another fabulous interview guest on the show tonight, Scott. Yes. Would you like to tell them who he or Would she is? I know that you were disappointed that it wasn't Regis Philbin. It could have been Regis Philbin. <laughs> Except that he is impossible to book. Or dead. We're not sure. <laughs> I haven't really seen him in a couple months. He's probably dead. He's it might be a weekend at Bernie's thing. Though. He's dead to me. Uh, <laughs> but we did get Todd Babiak. No wow. applause for him. Okay. You know what? It's okay. We reacted the exact same way. We were like, who? S certainly Jay did. Yeah. You're, you're a jackass, sir. Anyway, uh, so yeah, if you can't applaud... Just yell the word applause while you're tweeting. There you go. And That's everyone will know. It'll sound really dumb, but it's fine, I guess. I'm okay with that. Yeah. And now, we don't just have interview guests. We're no. not just going to sit here and yammer at you like we do on our stupid, boring, normal. Like I mean, awesome right, podcast. This moment, just yammering. Yeah. We also have a couple of musical guests. The first is a woman who is both talented, brilliant, and lovely. That's not both. That's three things. That is three things. You, again, proving yourself terrible. Yes. This is... It's... All downhill from here. Erica Viegas is joining us this evening. Yes. Again, actually, she's been on our show before. Yeah, we had her on we had her on the Unknown Studio in our first season. And since then she has rocketed to stardom that we could only dream of. So and it's thanks to us. We, we are we'd like to we, taking credit for that. We hitched our star to the right way. Yes. 
Uh, she brought a the, wagon? Yes, she did. It's red. It's going to be uh, great. And then, of course, the slightly less lovely but equally talented Apocalypse Cow. Will also, you've seen them before. They did their sound check. They're not as good looking. Lovely in the, in, the, in the spiritual, not the aesthetic sense. Yes, they are. Of course. Wonderful. We also have a fantastic stand-up comedian. Comedian? Comedi- comedian? Yeah. No, comedian. No, he's a guy. A, yeah. It's a comedian. He tells a jokes comedium. from someone else's dead spirit. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and that's my only joke for the night. Uh, Trent Wilkie, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Liam Cresswick is joining us this evening. He will be channeling the glorious dead. Uh, he will be channeling his own spirit, and therein lies comedy. So, yes, yes. All right. So uh, I think we should start. I think we should. And we should start with a quintet of spiritually attractive and physically okay-looking uh, dudes. Here, ladies and gentlemen, is Apocalypse Cow. Apocalypse Cow. We are a local acapella quintet. We have been around for the past, what, 14 years. We're old. <laughs> Too long. And we're going to sing some songs for you tonight. We hope you enjoy. Hurry up! 
Princess is in another castle. Game over. That was a thing that happened. I take it back. They're they pretty are, good looking. They are pretty good looking. I, I haven't seen them in person until tonight. That's that's a lie. That's a terrible lie. They're not the actual music from Mario Brothers. Really? I swear to God. You could have fooled me. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, let's have our first guest out. Uh, if you are up early enough on a Monday morning and you have the old-timey radio tuned to the CBC... You may have heard our next guest talking about Facebook, the internet, and cat memes. She is a human cat meme. Ladies and gentlemen, a warm unknown studio welcome to Dana DiTomaso. Wow, you guys are really good clappers. Trent, is this your doing? I said I'd kill them all. <laughs> he will. He, he's, he's a scary man. <laughs> Not that scary. I'll kill everybody here. That's what she said. <laughs> really, Scott? It's too early to have degenerated to that's what she said jokes. Or is it, Dana? Oh, press the mute button. Now talk. Uh-oh. The world is ending. Is <laughs> and I'm fired. Oh, you can hear me now. Yes! yes! Hi. It wasn't me. It's never too early for that's what she said jokes. <laughs> never. Dana said so. Mm -hmm. That is actually what she said. Therefore, it gentlemen. is true. It's a little snug on the stage, yep. so we're all buddied, cozied really close. It's really hot in here. Is anyone else really hot? Hi. How are you? Yeah. How Yeah. If you want, Jay will open the bay door. For those of you, that's right. For those of you joining us on the internet, uh, Happy Harbor is connected to a piece of space that Jay has a direct airlock into, and he's opening it now. So everyone's going to die, but they'll be cool. It will be glorious. Yes, come in. Sit down. There's space. Open the pod bay doors, Hal. <laughs> I'm talking to some latecomers. Now, Dana, you are not... From around these parts, is that true? Is it really that obvious? It isn't, actually. Apparently I have an Ontarian accent, I've been told a couple of times. What are the words that you would say that would make us know that you're not from these parts? Apparently the word farm. Really? To, yeah, I, I say farm like I'm from Ontario. Also, I tend to overpronounce ing, like saying or doing, and that's also an Ontarian thing. Yeah, in Alberta we just forget about the G. We're like, fuck that. Who needs a G? Lazy. No. It wastes so much time. Do you know why Albertans are more productive? No G's. <laughs> it's true. I thought it was because you have to move faster or else you'll freeze. 
That also. That all, yep. <laughs> yeah. That is fair. But it is a dry cold, is it not? <laughs> you know, I'm sorry. When it gets to be that cold, I don't care yeah. how it's cold it is. Yeah. If so it's let dry, me tell you, the first cares. winter, I've been here two years now, and the first winter was the worst winter ever, which everyone told me was the worst winter ever. And it was like we thought we were going to die. I was like, this is not, it, we didn't have a parka. I didn't have winter boots before I moved here. You know, we had winter in Hamilton, but it wasn't really winter. It wasn't no. like this, you're going to die winter. What they, is they turn on a snow Pretend winter. Yeah. It's like winter in the movies. Yeah. They're yeah. like, <laughs> <laughs> so just soap flakes falling <laughs> from the sky. So yeah. People running through the streets without a parka. Potato flakes. Yeah. <laughs> It'll all melt in an hour. What are you worried about? And that was your first winter here? That was the worst winter ever, yes. The first, first the worst. Yeah. Was second the best? Yeah, but we kept expecting, you know, it's like you, you go back to your abusive boyfriend and you're just cringing <laughs> all the time. You know, maybe he's going to hit me, but yeah. Yeah, that's what Alberta winter is like, an abusive boyfriend. <laughs> you just keep going back, though, You're right? sorry you, you asked me on the show now, back. aren't you? Wow. <laughs> that is a real pattern she of abuse. Has, she has set the bar yeah. For the rest of the evening, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. If so now I can say things like motherfucker and it's not a big deal. No. Winter here is like being in an abusive relationship <laughs> that you can't leave. Can we just do a show on things you can't say on the CBC? Then I can just let it all out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They have, have a certain really way of... behave myself. Have they, have they trained you to pronounce things a certain way? No. Okay, because they do that to CBC reporters. You'll notice they say things like schedule. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's not pedophile, it's pedophile. My uh, partner also says it that way. I think it's because they're from Victoria. Oh, okay. So now so. we're getting into the language of Canada mm-hmm. across the whole country. Yeah. No G's in Alberta, and there are pedophiles in Victoria. Does that mm-hmm. mean if you have a foot problem, you need to go see a pediatrist? A pediatrist. There you go. Who will also do horrible things to your children. <laughs> That's why I stay away from the foot doctor. <laughs> this has really taken a turn. Mm. This, this is not the way it was supposed to go. I'm so sorry. Actually, no, this is great. This okay. is exactly the way it was supposed to go. <laughs> uh, why are you still here if it's, if, if it's like being in an abusive relationship? Well, it's, it's my girlfriend's fault. It's also because she's in a not abusive relationship. <laughs> well, I don't know about that. No, no. <laughs> She'll listen to this later and then, and then it'll happen. Fair, um, yeah. No, my girlfriend Ashley's doing her PhD at the U of A and she said to me hey I'm thinking about doing my PhD a few years ago and she said I'm applying to UBC and U of A and McGill and York and I thought oh no we're gonna end up in Edmonton because it's the only city I've never been to and I heard the winters are terrible and lo and behold (laughs) here I am yay (laughs) and the winters are terrible and the winters are terrible I had no idea what to expect when I got here except I knew there were a lot of people on Twitter I figured that out in about Yeah, and they're all here. Yeah. <laughs> they are all here. Hello, Twitter. Yeah. There's, yeah. there's one dude who's not here. He's just like, what? Where? Why? No one's listening to my witty. Okay, I'm curious. So is anyone here not on Twitter? Yeah, okay. Three people. Okay, so here's what happened. Christy, Mike, is her boyfriend, and he is Yegmato on Twitter, so he's all over the place. Mm-hmm. Kay Berezanski brought Leanne, and Jay brought his wife. So you are basically on Twitter. You're basically on Twitter. <laughs> so everyone here is on Twitter. Yeah, it's yeah, true. Because I tweeted, once I figured out the hashtag, I said, hey, Yeg, I'm moving there. And Jerry, of course, was the first person to follow me from Edmonton. Jerry yeah. Jerry who? I, I, don't, I don't know a Jerry on Twitter. <laughs> he bacon. has this weird bacon fetish. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, hey, Jerry, it's nice to see you. Yeah. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Jerry. You bathe in it. It's a fetish. <laughs> Jesus. He was smoking bacon the other day. He was uh, <laughs> screwed up on bacon. That, sh- that shit will fuck you up, Jerry. <laughs> like if you smoke it, I mean. Wait a minute. No. 
No, that's great. Do that. Smoke bacon is Do that thing. So you're here, you're living, you're getting married, mm-hmm. yes? Yes. Uh, and you didn't mention this. I just blew, I just... That's fine. Cats out of the bag, everybody. Dana is going to the pedophile capital of Canada, Victoria, <laughs> to get married in August. In August, yes. Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> True love no. in the coldest place on earth. Yeah. You've yeah. mentioned... Uh, girls and you've mentioned geeks mm-hmm. let's put those two together All right. tell us about uh, girl geeks we have a dinner you men can go elaborate too. <laughs> <laughs> you're not a so dalek scott Brittany leblanc <laughs> Brittany leblanc and i co-organize edmonton girl geek dinners Brittany sadly could not make it this evening yes she, she had her face removed yesterday she was tweeting having her face removed yesterday did you see that uh so Brittany had a tooth that was broken and the dentist yanked it out and have you seen the roots of those things? She tweeted a picture it's of it. It, it shouldn't. Yes, she did. Yeah. And yeah. It, half of and it was missing. And she even warned us it was gross, but I still clicked on it anyway, yeah. and I immediately regretted it. But That's you know. schmuck bait. If yeah. you say, don't click on this link, I know. everybody is immediately going to click on it. I that. just remember my girlfriend, Rachel, clicking on it last, time, last night and just being like, so much blood. I can see her expression <laughs> from here. She, yeah, she's barely recovered from that. But yes. <laughs> so, and what happens at these, at these Girl Geek dinners? We bash men. And oh, we good. About, no. well, that, yeah. <laughs> That's what I thought. <laughs> reasonable. Yeah. We basically, what happens is if you're a woman and you're going to a technology gathering, is that there's a lot of dudes and not a lot of ladies. So the idea behind Girl Geek Dinners, which started in England, which was to bring together women who work together in geeky fields, technology fields, women who are just nerdy of a nerdy bent, and uh, bring them together once a month to have a dinner and talk a nerd with each other. And we have a nerdy guest come in and talk about stuff. And it's a lot of fun. And boys can come too, but you have to be the guest of a woman. That is so sexist. It's not fair, Scott. It's sexist. It's no, terrible. It terrible. No, I know. I think it's great. What kind of uh, experts and, uh, and interesting speakers have you had out in the past? Well, last week we had um, Action Flick Doc on Twitter. Uh, and she is literally, she's a, a professor at U of A. And she talks about women in action movies. And she was fantastic. I think some people here... We're at that dinner, were they not? Did Clap I if you were there. Or if you're There's tweeting, somebody. say applause. No. <sighs> Nobody? Oh, you were there. Yeah, and it was a great night. And she talked about, you know, women in action movies, the evolution of women in action films. It was fabulous. We've had a paleontologist, and she brought dinosaur bits. And uh, we've had um, Candace Brinsmead, who was the former VP of the Edmonton Economic Development Corporation, talk about running a business. And we also had uh, Tracy Scarlett, CEO of Alberta Women Entrepreneurs, also talk about questions you have running a business. So we try to mix business and nerd together. And uh, I mean, I know, I think I know the answer to this, but, uh, but just to, to uh, enlighten us, what, what's, what need are you filling by doing this? Is, this? is this because of an underrepresentation of women in technology specifically? I find that that's the case. I mean, I've been in tech for a long time. Um, I started, my very first job at a tech company was in 1998, and uh, I was woman number two at a company of 30, and the other woman was the receptionist. And she was like, thank God there's another woman here. And now we bonded, Sonia's cool, we still keep in touch. <laughs> and it was, it was tough to convince them that you know it's okay to have women working. Like I remember one time at the first company I worked at, um, they didn't hire this one female programmer because the guys there thought she was too attractive and therefore she would be distracting. Uh. 
And that is that is the reason why you don't hire a qualified yeah. woman. That is the yeah. worst thing I've ever heard. And the thing is, is that she was really smart, and she programmed circles around them in her test. Man, if someone so. was like, "We can't hire you, Adam. You're much too good looking," mm-hmm. I want to fucking kill them. <laughs> <laughs> that's absurd. Also, you'd be incredibly flat. I'd be like, "That's great," and I'm that would never. I'll see you in court. <laughs> so I didn't stay in that job for very long. But even the so. second tech company I worked at. Oh, I tried very hard to hire lots of women. Um, I managed the tech support department, and I tried to hire mostly women if I could. Um, and it's women have a very difficult time getting into tech jobs because they have this paralysis where they look at a list of 10 requirements, and one thing, they're like, oh, I'm not so good on that. I don't think I'll apply. And men are like, I can do, I can speak. I'm going to apply for this job. <laughs> and so you get these resumes from men, and you're like, what, you, you don't even... You don't even know the programming language we're hiring for. And women are like, I've got a PhD in this thing, but you know, maybe just reception for me. And it drives me insane. And so this is where I hope that these kinds of events can help women become more confident in their skills and their talents and their experience and actually start to do things like get up and speak and go to more tech conferences and be more visible in the tech community. It sounds like a big part of it is um, is is confidence, whereas I have far too much of it, you know, as the average no. male. Uh, the average woman maybe doesn't, or, or she's taught to think that if you can't do that one thing, you shouldn't even try it. What's, what's the deal? Well, there's a lot of, you know, smart kid syndrome, where if something isn't easy, then forget it, I'm not going to do it, right, which happens to everyone who's ever been in a gifted class in their lives, which I'm sure there's some people in the audience here who has been. Have, I seriously been. doubt that. <laughs> <laughs> You're at, at the Unknown Studios live show. At least one. <laughs> Some of you are touched. It's true. <laughs> she, she at least was. But yeah. I, I was. But you know, all they did was play chess all day, so I left. <laughs> but they, the were, <laughs> they weren't smart enough for her. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wanted to hang out with the cool kids. But you've the, uh, come to the right place. No. <laughs> Question mark. <laughs> sort of. Technically, no. Uh, <laughs> fair. That's fair. No. But that's fair. I find that this happens a lot, especially when women. Uh, pitch for speaking engagements as well, is they'll say, you know what, I don't think I'm as much of an expert in that as dude over here who is happy to talk about stuff and write about stuff constantly, and women just don't feel that, that oomph to go out and do it. I mean, even the same way when the CBC said to me, I met Rick, uh, Rick Harp, the morning host at Media Camp, he saw me speak about Google Analytics, and I basically told all the media companies they were doing it wrong with advertising, and that was a little terrifying for me to give that kind of speech and stand up in front of the journal and the sun and the, all the papers in town, all the radio outlets in town and say, hey, the way you guys measure metrics is crappy. Who's going to stand up and do that? I mean, I don't know. I've never worked in a newspaper. What gives me the right to say that? Everything. Well, <laughs> but, you know, it's a little voice in your head, right? Yeah. And then he came up to me and said, you're really comfortable talking about tech issues. Can you come in and do an audition for the CBC? And I immediately was like, oh, the CBC. And the other part of me was like, you're not experienced enough. So, I mean, I did that it anyway. wrong. Well, but this also is right, what... But. You know, and if you ask many women working in tech, they'll tell you that this is the thing that they hear all the time is they're not experienced enough. And they feel like they have to overcompensate in their experience to make up for the fact that they feel, you know, that they don't have allies, they don't have people looking out for them. There's this great example of a woman who wrote a technical article about some programming problem, published it in two wildly different places, one under a male name, one under a female name. The male published article, this is on a, on a blog, got comments commenting on the techniques, the programming techniques, um, arguing about like the way that he did things. The 
when she posted under her own name, people insulted her intelligence, told her she was, you know, she, too pretty to do this sort of thing. She should get back in the kitchen. Like, just offensive, offensive stuff. And, it's, and so it still happens, happens. Oh, absolutely. Because yeah. there there's a young lady who's a copywriter at BioWare who made some comment about Mass Effect 3. It's a, it's a video game that BioWare released, and everyone hated the ending. And the only real response that she got was from a bunch of misogynistic dudes who said, you don't know anything about video games. It was much worse than that. Mm -hmm. And there was another woman who did a Kickstarter campaign to, because um, she wanted to do a series of videos talking about the way female characters are represented in video games, and they're represented very poorly. They're hypersexualized and all that sort of thing. And you should see the things that oh, I saw. The it, it's it's awful. Yep. The the only saving grace there is I think that she far exceeded her Kickstarter goal because mm -hmm. everyone who read those comments was just like, "What the, the fuck?" The fact is that. Um, there's a, the minority of people are like that, but they're also like in so many other cases and in so many other things, the more vocal people. So you only ever hear from them. I think the majority of people actually were, uh, especially in the case of the Kickstarter. There's a reason why she exceeded her goal because the majority of people were like, "This is a good thing. I'd like to see it get made." And you're all idiots. So I'm going to, uh, I'm going to be giving her some money just to spite you. Mm -hmm. uh, whereas the very vocal minority were ruining it for everybody. Yeah. But I think too that, that men have a responsibility when they see this sort of thing happen. It just doesn't have to be something like a Kickstarter, like just something in general. Like if you see a dude on the street yelling something at a woman, tell him to shut up. You know, as, as a dude, I think that, that you also have responsibility to go out, go out and do those things and, and help speak up and not speak for, but speak up with uh, women who are experiencing these types of issues. And I think that that's something that where men are like, oh, you know, I'm just going to step back and, you know, let them fight it out. No, like, you have to go in and tell this dude that that's not okay. Yeah, I totally agree. Now, uh, shifting gears a little bit, because um, you work with a dude on the morning show. Mm -hmm. What is Rick Harp like? <laughs> he, he's, he's nice. Um, he really doesn't like it if he mispronounces a name. Really? Yeah, he's very, very picky about making sure he pronounces names. And you can tell how much coffee he's had by the time I get there. <laughs> <laughs> What is that like? Because you're, you're on at like, is it around it's 6? It's so early. It's 6.40. They just moved me up earlier because apparently 6.50 was not early enough. No. No. Yeah. Really? Thank God they record it. Although my mother listens because it's 8.40 in Ontario, so that's okay for her. <laughs> so so you know you have at least one listener. Yes, my mom. <laughs> I, even Ashley, my partner, doesn't get out of bed for it. There she you calls go. me later. How'd the show go? Yeah. <laughs> it's on the internet. Yeah. It's, it's fine. like I'll our parents' to it later. I don't need to listen to it live. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, so are you going to keep doing the technology column and and then become a television star or something? What What's your end game with the technology columnist on CBC? Well, I think I have a face for radio. <laughs> um, <laughs> actually, I've always wanted to be on the radio. When I was in high school, it was one of the career options I was considering. Really? And I actually have a degree in geography. So whenever I do mentoring events and, you know, these kids come up to me and they're just out of school and they're like, how do I get a job in marketing? And I say, well, I have a degree in geography, so you can just go do whatever the hell you want and then come <laughs> back later. <laughs> yeah, because I can fix your river. No problem, you know. I'm a trained fluvial geomorphologist. Uh, and I, you know, that was, that was do internet marketing. That was a assortment of words. I thought yeah. that was a sex move that up was until dirty. right now. You can you could say that to someone. I bet you they wouldn't know what a fluvial geomorphologist. Sounds wet. Yeah. It does. <laughs> yes, it is the study of how rivers change over time. There so sorry, did you say geography or geology? Geography. So my dad has a degree in ge in geography as well, and he works in human resources. Yeah. 
this is what happens to people. So in geography, um, nobody actually starts out in geography. At least he didn't at Western. I went to the University of Western Ontario. And in that department, everybody started out in like French and English and science and history. And then they took first year geography and they were like, oh, it's not just countries. Wow, this is really cool. And they all ended up in geography. Hmm. There you go. So it's not the place where you start, it's the place where you end. When I was in school, it was everyone was in psychology. That's what my degree is in, and I work in marketing. Mm-hmm. Did it, it help? No. Yeah. All right. Great. Well, okay. Dana. Yeah. Thank you. You are delightful, and you do not have a face for radio. You have a face <laughs> that everyone should see and kiss. Right? Before I she's, get married. She's Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> now is your chance, ladies. Thank you so much for joining yeah. us, Dana. Thank you. What's next, Trent? I've forgotten. We have the lovely and talented Miss Erica Viegas about to play. That's actually true. Yes, that's why I said it. I'm not a son of a bitch. That is not true. That that is true. Actually, that is not true. Never met Trent's mother. Uh, (laughs) Erica Viegas is a local singer-songwriter. We had her on the first season of our show, as we mentioned. And we loved her so much that it took us two years to have her back. But that's because she's incredibly busy. And if you guys want something to do immediately after she's done, you need to email Terry Wickham, the guy who organizes Edmonton Folk Fest, because she never has a main stage show there, and she should. Ladies and gentlemen, Erica Viegas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh. 
didn't know when you walked out that door That I wouldn't completely lose you For such a long time Does anybody in the audience have a mother? <laughs> I knew it. I knew there were some of you. Well, we do too, surprisingly. This is my brother, Wayne. And uh, <laughs> yes, he was a big, he's always a big help for me. So I'm lucky to have him. This is a song that I wrote for my mom as a gift for her 40th birthday. Um, it's called Every Sunday. And she has a rule um, that no matter where we are, we're supposed to come home for dinner every Sunday, which we try to do. And uh, so that's what the song is about. It's a simple couch. It's not even that nice. The people that walk past it might not look at it twice. It's a simple design. It's nothing special. But you know that I love it because of simple The conversations we have, the funny things that we do. No matter what in the world, I know where it can When the rain is pouring down, when my dreams fall to the ground, pick me up and make me feel alright, feel alright, and I'm reminded that I'll always feel that way. When I come home every Sunday, every Sunday, somebody made my day for a little while. They told me that I. When I smile, might have shrugged it off, but there's nothing better. And it's the simple things like comfort, and that look in your eyes that says you're proud of me, and that feeling inside that says I'm proud of you. When the rain is pouring down, when my dreams fall to the ground, you pick me up and make me feel alright, feel alright. And I know sometimes we fight, but I hope today I might get the chance to tell you that I hope you know what you mean to me. You taught me When the rain 
dreams pouring down when my dreams fall to the ground you pick me up and make me feel all right feel all right when the rain is pouring down when my dreams fall to the ground you pick me up and make me feel all right feel all right and i know sometimes we fight but i hope today i might get the chance to tell you that i love but I'm reminded that I'll always feel that way When I come home every Sunday Every Sunday Maybe even Saturday Sometimes on a Tuesday Occasionally Wednesday Every Sunday. Thank you. I think we have one more song left. And um, Adam was talking before about the winters and the winters being awful here. And one of the things I always notice is little couples um, kind of like holding each other up so they don't trip on the ice. And I think that's so cute. It's one of the really great scenes about Alberta. And I wrote the song kind of thinking about that. If I couldn't eat, would you take a spoon and feed me? If my eyes couldn't see, would you take my hand and lead me? If one day I can't walk, would you push my chair? And if anything should happen, can you promise me you'd be right there? Someday when we're old and gray, will you still stand by me? Sit beside me on a big porch swing out in the yard when life gets hard will you still stand by me will you sit beside me well i'm not saying now i'm beautiful but one day i'll be great Will you sit there smiling still and loving me that way? If my memory fails me, will you understand? And if my soul gets weary, will your arms be my soft place to land? Someday when we're old and gray, will you still stand by me? Sit beside me on a big porch swing out in the yard when life gets hard will you still stand by me will you sit beside me stand by me I promise you that if you do, I'll always stand by you.
can you hear me now? Stan, can you hear me now? Stan was saying that he couldn't hear me on my other mic, but apparently Adams has turned up much louder. It is. And now you can hear me. All right, so um, what better way to follow up Erica, who, by the way, you should uh, definitely check out more of her stuff and buy her EP at ericaviegas.com, and we'll have that, a link to that up on our website when the show is available for streaming and download. Uh, but we're going to uh, we're going to follow that up. I don't. I'm. Hold on. Nope, this isn't working. Okay, I'm just going to keep on <laughs> crouching down. Uh, so our next guest is uh, he is a dyed in the wool nerd. He is uh, a comic who loves comics, who loves the internet, and probably after tonight, hopefully, maybe the unknown studio. I think that's safe to say. Also, every Monday he hosts epic lulls at the vault, so you should definitely check that out, ladies and gentlemen. Liam Cresswick. Oh, thank you, Unknown Studio, for having me here. Fantastic. Uh, this is just a delight. Keep it going for Erica and the host and everyone you've seen so far. This is... Uh, yeah. I am tickled pink to be here. Uh, in case you guys are curious, let's just get this out of the way. This is not like a hockey playoff beard. Uh, I didn't just forget to shave. I have to have this. I have it all year long. If I don't have facial hair, I am walking around one bottle of blue hair dye away from looking like Millhouse. <laughs> yeah, so that's, that's why I have this. But no, it's nice. It's a beautiful summer evening, which is really nice because that means all the ladies are out looking super cute and like the short shorts, the tank tops, lovely sundresses, right? Uh, but ladies, you have to understand, if you catch a guy like appreciating your figure just a little too long, he's not being a perv. He's just bad at not getting caught, right? <laughs> Every other dude was doing the same thing. They just looked away in time. Men are like the ghosts from the Super Mario games, right? If we're, if we're facing you, we're polite, we're docile, there's eye contact. But the second you look away, we're just like, eh. Uh, yeah, I'll have a, a venti chai tea latte, please. The venti, yes, thank you. Ah. Uh, but no, it's good to be here at Happy Harbor. I love this comic book store. I'm here all the time. I, uh, I'm kind of a nerdy dude. I play a lot of Magic the Gathering. That's kind of my thing right now. Any other Magic fans here? One other? Okay. It's <laughs> uh, for those who don't know, it's like Dungeons and Dragons, but with playing cards, right? And uh, I was playing at my buddy's house the other day. I'm walking back from his apartment to where I parked my car. And as I'm walking, carrying my cards, I'm like, man, I really hope I don't get mugged right now. Not because I didn't want to lose my Magic cards. I just didn't want to have to explain to the police that somebody beat me up and took my Magic cards. <laughs> I have had that conversation with way too many junior high principals to want to have to do that again. <laughs> that, I just didn't want to, uh, I just didn't want to have to explain to the police, like fill out the police report, you know, like, sir, can you please tell me what was stolen? Yes, a 20-sided dice, a 10-sided dice, a 6-sided dice, a Huntmaster of the Fell. Get the fuck out of my office. Get your nerdy ass out of my office. So, uh, so one of my best friends actually we play Magic cards all the time, and he just moved to Taiwan to teach English, and he was telling me over Skype that he's found a bunch of guys in Taiwan to play Magic cards with. And it's like in a comic book store, just like in Canada, but I just had this vision that he had found, like, the Taiwanese underground Magic card racket. <laughs> like, it's run by the mob or something. There's just 20 dudes hunched over a card table, like, waving money in the air, like, 50 on the red deck, 50 on the red deck. One guy, you know, some guy finally loses. They drag him into the back of the room to cut his finger off. Like, oh, no, not to my finger. I should have stuck to Dungeons and Dragons. This is, this is not a good idea. 
Uh, but uh, actually, that same friend, uh, he's he's a brony. You guys heard the expression? Some groans, some laughs. Uh, for the unenlightened, bronies are dudes in their grown, like grown men in their 20s and 30s, who are just hardcore, avid fans of My Little Pony. Friendship is magic. I know, right? You got, we got some bronies here in the front row. I'm sorry, I don't get it. Like he's he's really trying to sell me on it. He's like, no, man, My Little Pony, one of the best cartoons on television. Lauren Faust, one of the greatest names in animation, working today. And I'm like, dude, it's My Little Pony. I don't care if the Coen Brothers direct an episode. I'm not watching it. And then I started thinking, actually, that would be pretty sweet, right? If famous Hollywood directors tackle kid shows, that'd be delightful. Like, I don't know, Quentin Tarantino's Dora the Explorer. <laughs> English motherfucker, do you speak it? Say swipe or no swiping again. Say swipe or no swiping again. One more goddamn time. Or uh, maybe Christopher Nolan's Blues Clues. That'd be sweet. He's like memento, but Steve rolls out of bed. Kurt rolls up his green striped sweater, looks at all the tattoos on his arm, like, oh, a bucket and a pail, a beach ball, a sandcastle. What did Blue want to do today? <laughs> I don't remember. I don't remember. Oh. But uh, I, I went, I don't know if you guys uh, caught the movie Prometheus yet in the past couple weeks, anybody? A couple people. It's meh, it's pretty forgettable. And here's the thing, like with Hollywood movies, every year Hollywood cranks out a bunch of summer blockbusters, and every year, they pretty much suck, right? Transformers 2. Like, it's just, but it doesn't seem to matter because they just keep sweet-talking us into coming back for more every summer. We never learn our lesson, right? And Prometheus is the best example of that. When I was watching the trailer to Prometheus, it felt like Hollywood foamy up drunk in the middle of the night, like some sort of abusive ex-boyfriend. It's like, hey, baby, I'm just calling to say I love you and I miss you and, well, we've made a prequel to Alien. And I'm like, oh no, not again, mister. I still have the black guy from X-Men First Class, all right? <laughs> no, and he's like, no, baby, please, I swear, just, just one more chance. I'm like, no, it is too late. I am with television now. <laughs> Game of Thrones has stayed true and loyal to the original material in a way you could never know. So just forget it. And he's like, no, baby, please, so you know I'm for real, so you know I'm for true. We've, we've cast Charlize Theron as one of the leads of the movie. And I'm like, oh, well, she, she's pretty good. Oh, Hollywood, I can't stay mad at you. You'll see me walking around Edmonton doing stand-up comedy with a split lip and a black eye. You'll be like, Liam, what happened? You went and saw Prometheus again, didn't you? And I'm like, no, no, I, I accidentally walked into Rock of Ages. <laughs> it was an accident. It was my fault. But uh, when I went and saw Prometheus, my, my one buddy was just grilling my other buddy because he'd never seen Alien. My friend had never seen Alien. And he's like, how have you never seen Alien? It's one of the best movies ever made. How have you and it's like, you can't see every must-see movie, right? There's way too many of them. It's impossible. And then you get the assholes who are mad because you haven't seen a movie they think you should have seen. Like, how have you never seen Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants 2? <laughs> that, mo that movie defined a generation. What's wrong with you? But the big one is Star Wars. People always get bent out of shape if someone's never seen the original Star Wars trilogy, and you don't have to. You don't have to see Star Wars to know what it is, right? It's deeply ingrained in our popular culture, right? Quick round of applause. Who here has honestly never seen the first bunch of Star Wars movies? This crowd, yeah, there's one. This crowd, who, who am I kidding? Of course you have. That's <laughs> what we're all gonna go do when this is over. Uh, <laughs> But here's the thing, well, some people haven't, and it's like, you, you don't have to have seen it to know what it is. It's kind of like the Bible in that way, right? Like, I've never read the Bible. I've never even considered reading the Bible. 
right? But I can tell you everything there is to know about it because it's part of our culture, right? We all know the stories. We all know how they go, right? Like a young, naive idealist finds out his father is the malevolent ruler of the entire galaxy, and in Star Wars, Luke and the Rebels blow up the Death Star. <laughs> like, we, we all know the story. <laughs> Which makes me think that maybe, just maybe, Star Wars, or the Bible rather, was the sci-fi epic of the Babylonian age, and it has just been blown way out of proportion <laughs> over the last 2,000 years, right? Like, which, that, you know what that means, right? 2,000 years ago, there would have been Bible fanboys, right? <laughs> just dudes in Jerusalem lined up around the block like, yeah, midnight release of Leviticus, this is gonna rule. <laughs> what, what do you mean you're making a New Testament? What was wrong with the Old Testament? <laughs> <laughs> I grew up with the Old Testament and you are raping my childhood. <laughs> and what is this collector's edition English version you're talking about? That's Latin or bust, George Lucas. Uh, I don't know. I think I'm just a big sci-fi nerd. I love science fiction. And I was, I was thinking when we were watching Prometheus, um, should the day ever come where we make contact with aliens? I don't think it's going to matter if they're friendly or if they're hostile. I think either way, gonna be the end of racism, don't you think, right? Like that's what Gene Roddenberry was all about. No, Sierra, I think it is. Because I think all those white power assholes are gonna change their tune pretty quick, right? Like, okay, fellas, listen, all right, I don't like hip hop, I don't like curry, I don't like Hello Kitty, but we got bigger problems, right? We gotta deal with those goddamn saucer monkeys, right? <laughs> they are out there trying to anal probe our daughters, right? Earth is for earthlings, goddammit. And then I was thinking, what if aliens came for a completely different reason? Like, nothing we could have possibly expected? Like, I don't know, they're on a mission, right? Like, uh, yes, we were wondering if your planet had a few moments to hear about the good word of our Lord Thorniplex. <laughs> We've been traveling the galaxy, spreading his gospel. Here, take these pamphlets. <laughs> Next thing you know, we have to hang a no soliciting sign from the moon. That'd be... That'd be a bummer. All right, I'm going to leave you guys with this thought. It's been lots of fun. I do just want to say if, uh, if, if you're uh, drinking this evening, I, I think we might be going over beers or whatever after. But if you're drinking tonight or any time, I encourage you, please don't drink and drive, all right? Because obviously it's dangerous, it's illegal. But here's a little food for thought. Let's say the unthinkable happens and you die in a drunken car wreck on your way home tonight. I'm actually going to ask Trent this one. Uh, before you left the house today, did you clear your browser's internet history? Uh, yeah, that <laughs> exactly. That's why I don't drink and drive. I do not want my family going through that after I'm gone. <laughs> They'll be prepping my body for the funeral, dress me in a ball gag and a gimp mask. <laughs> it's it's what he would have wanted. <laughs> I'm Liam Kreswick. Thank you, Unknown Studio, for having me here. This has been a delight. And now, ladies and gentlemen, once again, we have the lovely men of Apocalypse Cow. Just, we got. I'll do it. Good thing we planned this <laughs> beforehand. Now about uh, for about 90% of the songs that exist in the world, 
Uh, chances are they're about love, and this song is no exception. Uh, ten years ago tomorrow, I dedicated this song to my wife. Unfortunately, uh, she's not here tonight because she's being a better parent than I am watching her kids at home, so I can you know, entertain you guys as part of this group. Anyways, uh, this song is about love. I could see through the lies that were told. Could it be that your heart had been sold to another? I tell you I love you, but it sound rehearsed. But for me, all I can see is you kissed me first. Now I know in yet cute little world. Is it me that I held back so bad I thought I might burst? But I've learned the tables were turned when you kissed me first. Well, I tried, you tried, but you're laughing and cry so inside I just died because you did this to me. Baby, you're just so fine. Like it or not, it's not the love that we got. Love now I know we can cut none of us the rationally can't get you off of my mind. I remember we were sitting just outside of my friend Scott's house. We were talking and I told you we should wait till my car warms up. You believe me cause you are do cause you're so gullible. You looked at me, I looked at you, and didn't notice what to do. And then you sort of threw your arms around me. You pulled me closer, closer still. I thought you might have had a chill. I tried to warm you up until you held me. You kissed me because you always do. You kissed me first. You looked at me, and my heart was beating so fast. It was beating, beating up. You pulled me closer, closer, and I thought you might have had a chill. I tried to warm you up, but you were I never want to end another day without a kiss from my kiss, baby. You kissed me first. You looked at me, I looked at you, I didn't know just what to do. You pulled me closer, closer still, I thought you might have had a chill. You kissed, we kissed, you kissed, I kissed you, but you, you kissed me first. You looked at me, I looked at you, I didn't know just what to do. So fast it was speeding up, I couldn't stop it. And then so had to have me rush in the way I never want to end another day without a kiss Cause baby, I just kiss me first Yeah, 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 yeah Now it's been about ten years since that night And I still get hot chills in your what did I do? I must have been lucky. You must have been It took some nerve that I don't deserve when you kissed me first. Yeah, you kissed me first. Yeah, 
You kissed me first. Na 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 na. Thank you, Joel Rivero. Hey, we're back. We're back. It's been a while. It has been a while. How's it going so far? Uh, can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Can you boost Scott's you thingy? Uh, Put your hand on Scott's thingy and just slide what it on. Do, do, does he want me Hello? to do a voice, Hello? or does he want me just to do it like Hello? I usually do? Which which now? which thing are you on there? Which thing do you want to be on? <laughs> I think I'm Mike Two. Mike Two. No, I don't. I don't believe no, that you I are. I think I got changed. I, I believe he's Mike Twelve. Do we have a Twelve? Hello. Uh, we're going to now. Syphilis. Can you hear me now? Second, Second last. last. Second last. How about now? Use your words. That better? Am I louder? Is that better? Nice. Hey, Scott C. Bourgeois, ladies and gentlemen. So for those of you at home, I have now just joined the show. <laughs> They could hear you before. I just didn't like the sound of your voice. Now, I, I feel I should mention that uh, at my wedding, my first dance was to You Kissed Me First by Apocalypse Cow. So uh, thanks again, guys. You'll great. hear them again. That's not the last time you've... That is not the last you've seen or heard of them this evening. But uh, next up, we're going to have our next guest. Regis Philbin is here, ladies no. and gentlemen. Did we have to bump Todd for that? Yeah. Regis showed up. He was just like, I heard you wanted to talk to me. <laughs> that was, that was so <laughs> so oh, I can't amazing. do Regis Philbin, obviously. No, no, you cannot, sir. And you will not ever again. Our next guest, he is a journalist. He is an author. He is a business owner. He is a storyteller. He is a renaissance man. Is that accurate? Thing. Is that a thing? Yeah. He is the snappily dressed Todd Babiak, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, I just turned you on. You're good. <laughs> they can, they can. Scott, you can't just say that and expect it to be true. Yeah, I just turned you on. Don't worry about it. Let's do this. <laughs> and uh, to sound a little weirder, could you, uh, I am easy. could you check Todd's stool there? Cause it's <laughs> I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. It's precariously I, close to the end. You know, I, I did sample Todd's stool earlier, and it seemed fine. You just brought that to the end. It uh, was uh, <laughs> the proper height, and it was disease-free. <laughs> and here we are, Todd Babiak. It's a lovely intro. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> we've, we've wanted to have you on the show for a while, but you're one, of, you're one of, like, a list of 12 people who every show, that list gets bumped down by one person. <laughs> And you need to understand that we're very lazy. So we'll just call a friend and be like, can you be on the show? We forgot to totally fucking plan the show. And Basically. It's, it's nothing personal. We've always wanted to have you on the show. We just have never asked <laughs> until now. You guys are really charming. All <laughs> night. It is from the morning, really, with the Regis Philbin. It has been a wonderful day of we Regis have, Philbin. We have done nothing but insult Todd. <laughs> Because we know he's a good sport. <laughs> Mostly. Yeah. Thank no you, line. Jay. Uh, so you are a trader to the craft of journalism. You now work in marketing. 
that's what people tell me when I tell them I work in marketing and I used to be a journalist. Is that true? Are we fucking sellouts? Well, I am. A, I have always been a sellout. Oh, okay, good. Uh, oh, thank God. I mean, uh, if whatever you're doing, if you're me, if you're writing for people in a newspaper or in a book or now with this company, we're more of a planning company than marketing. We do some marketing. I'm just really thinking about an audience and I want to move people in some way. And that's all I really care about. Uh, okay. So, so for those of you who don't know, Todd is one of the um, co-founders of a, a company called Story Engine. They're all about help. Now, correct me if I'm wrong on this. You're all about helping companies figure out how to basically tell their story uh, to the world. Is that fair? Our very fine comedian tonight, Liam, he talked about the relationship between the Bible and Star Wars. And the relationship is story. It's all one story. And George Lucas, he studied Joseph Conrad very I don't carefully. believe he studied anything. No, he did. <laughs> I saw the New Testament, and it was terrible. <laughs> Harry Potter, same thing. We're all, we, we're all connected and wired for it. And if, if we can help organizations use that, then it may be evil. It may be selling out, but it usually works. Did it feel like a natural transition? So, okay, I think we need to sort of get a... Uh, a flavor for your history because you, you used to work at the Edmonton Journal and you were a columnist there in, in the sort of t at the end of your stint. Is that fair? Or were you also r reporting on, s on stuff? I was never a real reporter. Oh. You know? <laughs> uh, I always felt a little guilty around real reporters because right when I was a young guy, I had more probably a voice than, than any talent for reporting. And so I, I always ended up doing some sort of an editorial or, or columnist job, no matter how young I was, how I started out. So no, I was, I was really a pretend journalist. The word journalist isn't even right to describe me. And uh, it's probably one of the reasons I left, because as newspapers were getting smaller, I didn't really find a space for whatever weird thing I was doing still in the newspaper. I lived in France for a year, and I came back, and I found I couldn't do it anymore. How was France? <laughs> Sunny. <laughs> I was thinking about, about weather uh, after Dana was talking about weather. Everyone in the world complains about weather, no matter where you live. If you live in a perfectly beautiful place that we would find romantic and marvelous, they all say, what a piece of shit. <laughs> I, we have to go to Egypt uh, because it's so bad here. And, and my, wife is from, my wife is from Whitehorse. And there they have a harder winter than we do. But they swim in it outside in the, in the, and look at the northern lights. And it's, it's cool to them. It's they, they're all outside playing in it all day long. They're cross-country skiers. They're proud of it. And they accept it as part of their, their heritage and their pride. And, and there's something just so healthy about that. And everyone, they call us Southerners. We all fight over who has the worst weather in the country. And people in southern Ontario, we, oh, they, it's, it, it's too slushy there. And it's too rainy in Vancouver. And it's too dry, coldy here. It's miserable and stupid. If we were just to actually, as Canadians, say, all right, we can probably stop talking about the weather and thinking about something more important for five minutes, <laughs> we would take over the world. But I don't know. To, to, I mean, I, don't, I just don't think that anyone in Whitehorse looks up at the Northern Lights and they're just like, yeah, fuck this shit. <laughs> this is dumb. The magnificent splendor of nature <laughs> makes me want to leave. Yeah. But I, I totally know what you mean. I mean... Uh, we talk about we joke about it being a dry cold here, but anywhere you go, you're going to find those shitty little elements of each place, and you can either dwell on them or you can choose to fight through them and be a true hero like I am. It's startling your heroic yeah, aspects. Yeah. I, I was actually hoping the wind would blow. 
<laughs> I was waiting for it too. And I would have this cape-like thing, friendly. but it didn't happen. Scott, ask him a question. <laughs> Sorry, we we don't. Adam we're not usually like this. Successfully derailed the show. Yeah. Um, but so you glossed over France and went straight into weather, but you went to France for a particular reason, I, I expect. That was, you You ended your columnist career, in a way, at the journal, and then you you went away. And what, what, did you, what was the purpose of going over there other than to experience a different country? I had an idea for a novel that, I've been writing kind of sad, funny novels, comic-like novels, and I had an idea for, for kind of a miserable a novel that starts with something really terrible and awful and is a different voice for me in the kind of writing I was doing. And I started to write it. And I'd been to France many times and I'm attracted to France. And I started writing this novel set in France and found I couldn't really smell it or feel it properly. So I decided I had to probably leave the journal, quit if I have to, and, and go live in France for a year and work so on this novel. Kind of immerse yourself in the setting. and, and Yeah, bathe in a, a true French immersion, if you will. Yeah. And so I thought maybe they'd let me uh, stay on staff at the journal and go live in France and, and write about it. And they said no. Uh, but I was able to kind of leave and, and write freelance. And if you know anything about freelance, it's really a, an awful thing to do. Uh, you don't make any money as a freelance writer. But I did come out of it with, uh, with almost a novel. Uh, it will be eventually a novel. And, and it really did change my life. Uh, I'm now the the president of the Alliance Francaise of Edmonton. Cool. Coming back because if we're gonna if we're gonna grow as kind of as an organization and as a as a bilingual country, we have to bring people like us in. It's not just for francophones. We have to bring people uh, who might have any interest whatsoever in the French language and and welcome them in so that they can learn a new language and learn a new culture and, and be proper Canadians. I have never heard of this Alliance, and I wish for you to tell me more of it. The Alliance Francaise? Well, oui. it actually, in, in Edmonton, it's been around for about 65 years. Actually, longer than that. There's an anniversary coming up, and I wish I could tell you what it is. I think it's 70. But the ambassador of, of France is coming to Edmonton on October 1st to celebrate the anniversary of it. And there are Alliance Francaise all over the world, and it really is a French organization. But in every country, it's owned by those people in, the, in that country. So this is a Canadian organization that I'm the president of. Historically, it was French people who live here from France getting together and doing Frenchy things. Yeah. But we, we really want to get... Um, <laughs> Frenchy things, that's a thing. Yeah. Well, French it's people exactly are what you think it is, too. Yeah. Like cheese and cigarettes and cigarettes. <laughs> Arguing about things that most people don't care about. Bicycles. Yeah. <laughs> Berets. <laughs> yeah, exactly that. And so they decided at some point, wait, let's bring in uh, that earnest, well-meaning uncomfortable-looking person <laughs> to be our uh, president, and uh, maybe he can find others like him. And has that been part of your job, is to recruit people to be part of this rebel alliance? Yes. <laughs> it's, uh, it's not a job. I'm just a volunteer. Okay. Um, but, yes, it is. Uh, so you two, I'll, I'll actually hit you up to become members and, and sign up. And I have to tell you, the, the people who teach the courses are very beautiful, and they have lovely accents, and every night at the end of the day, you're sort of left with yearning and i'm sold that's why you want to come back <laughs> we've got a lot of yearning in the fridge at home so there it is i don't know that there sounds really interesting so it's it's a it's a way to immerse yourself in french culture here in canada is that a fair articulation i think so and i i think it's a redefinition of what french culture is i don't i don't think uh, ethnically i'm not i'm 16 things but i'm not at all french 
So why do I have any interest whatsoever in French culture? If it was just economic, I would learn Mandarin or maybe Spanish and, and find a bigger market that way. But there's a reason that I think uh, I'm learning French. It may be something to do with Trudeau, who my parents hated, and maybe it was a revolutionary <laughs> feeling I have uh, in me. But, but I do feel, uh, when I moved, I moved to Montreal and lived there for part of the 90s, my first week there, I felt shame. Absolute just shame as a Canadian that I had really no familiarization with this aside from the, the cereal box stuff with mm -hmm. this language that, that is our language. And, and so I, I started at that time half-acidly to, to learn French, and then it's only in my 30s that I actually became somewhat serious about it. Cool. Now, that's not all you do. You don't just, <laughs> is Alliance Francaise a verb? You don't just Alliance Francaise, Todd. <laughs> we know. That also sounds like a sex act. You not only are you, yeah. This had to happen when it's we had Todd Babiak, award-winning author on stage. Uh, so you're not, just, you're not just the president of Alliance Francaise. You don't just run your own company, and you're not just an author of fantastic novels, but you're also on the board of an organization called Startup Edmonton. Startup Edmonton, yeah. Is that right? And what is it that uh, Startup Edmonton is trying to do? It's trying to start up Edmonton. That is... <laughs> no, it's, it's trying to encourage... and exactly what I was expecting... It's trying to encourage all of us to do what, uh, what I did, I guess, which is to quit your job if you have an idea for a business and go out and do it. Uh, and if, if Edmontonians feel that when they graduate or when they come to a certain point in their life that they don't have to get a great government job or, or work in a marketing firm or... Uh, Wait a <laughs> uh, that was actually a shot at me. <laughs> or, Most or of our clients, by the way, are government clients. Sure. So that was a double shot. Well played, Todd Babiak. Well... So why not start your own thing? Like unknown studio, the business. Uh, so that's the idea. So we give them support and encouragement, and we're creating a, a culture. So we also run the TEDx events right. so that we just start having a conversation. There's a building now on 104th Street and 104th Ave that everyone should visit. And if you are a small business person, an entrepreneur, you should, you should come and rent a desk, and it will change your life. Life-changing desk by, by Todd Babiak. I can't wait to read that one, actually. And Adam Rosenhart. Yes, that's right. We're going to co-write this thing. Do you, find, uh, do you find there are a lot of young entrepreneurs in Edmonton, maybe who, who need just kind of a, a kick in the ass to, to get going and, and dive in and, and start their brilliant idea? I think we all need a kick in the ass. I don't, I don't know of anyone who, who took that leap. I have two little kids, and I decided I'm going to quit a job where I make a fairly crappy but solid income uh, to start a business that I, I don't have any certainty about. And I think everyone who, who does that goes through a period of horror, really. And so if we can encourage each other and, and help each other and, and actually just tell stories about, yeah, I was there too. Uh, Chris Labassiere, who's here tonight, uh, one of the most successful young entrepreneurs in, in Edmonton, had that same feeling when he started Yardstick Software, his company. And it's difficult to imagine Chris. He's, he's so successful now, but he went through that same feeling of, of tension and anxiety, can I really do this? And if you don't have that, you're probably not human. So if we have a little organization that is devoted to convincing people that it is okay, and, and it's going to have cultural elements too. I mean, artists are entrepreneurs. Uh, Trent Wilkie, who's, who's here, I mean, he's done uh, amazing, marvelous things, brave things, and he could, he's a smart guy, he could easily go spend all of that time uh, working in a corporate job, making more money perhaps, but He's decided, and artists decide, uh, maybe, I think, to do something different. Right up until he sold out recently. Well. No, I work from home. I work in my underwear. I'm fine. 
Okay. <laughs> he's, he's an inter so. internetpreneur, so I actually, Todd, no I pants. A, I have a question for you. I can, um, I can see his boss laughing in the back. <laughs> she like, knows she, I don't he wear underwear. He started talking about how, how much integrity Trent had, and she's laughing her ass off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I just a fan of the, the theater. <laughs> Trent, 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 you have a question yeah, for Todd. Yeah, um, so you got out of journalism, you got out of the papers. Uh, newspapers are going through a transition all over Canada. Uh, what do you think is the next step for, uh, for just for, not for journalism, but for the newspaper medium? What do you think, in your opinion, is going to happen next? Golly, it, there's a lot of, uh, I think, a lot of bad luck, mm -hmm. in, certainly in Canada, especially with the, the post-media chain where you have two owners in a row just spending too much money. Yeah, they, yeah. Bu they bought it at the wrong time and they can't pay off their investment. So no good thing in the near future is going to happen. But I, I really like the Southern Florida model of the Pointer Institute. Some of the best work being done in newspapers in the United States now is in this little area of, of Southern Florida that no one could have imagined because they've kind of affiliated themselves with an educational institution, an academic institution. So if, if I were God, and I had some control over Canada's public universities, I would say to two or three of them, why don't we save a few of these institutions that we have, these brands we have across the country, because journalism is, is worth saving, and, and, and run a few of them as, as offshoots of this academic work, work we're doing. And it's about civic engagement and, and city building and nation building. So I think there's, it's a useful idea. The Guardian is another kind of endowed organization that isn't profit-based. I don't see the profit based newspapers in a big city working anymore, mm -hmm. but maybe there's, there's another not-for-profit or academic way to do it. Cool. Hmm. Newspapers, not entirely fucked. <laughs> I'm killing the comedy tonight. No. I didn't mean no, to. This is great. No, I mean, <laughs> no. Uh, th this is something that is of huge concern, obviously. And no one seems to know. We, we struggle with monetizing the podcast as well. We're just like, yeah. give us money. And people are like, why? And we're just like, well, what do you mean, why? We just... We provide value. Yeah, yeah we, we do. It's called culture. I, I, I use the F word a lot, and people like that, and that's valuable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yet somehow people don't respond to that. It's what strange. What is wrong with people? I don't yeah. get it. You can't, you can't guilt people into supporting the newspaper. Otherwise, they would be thriving today. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. That, ouch. <laughs> now, you've, uh, you're wor you've working, you're, sorry, you're working on this book that you went to France to sort of research. It was supposed to come out this fall, yeah. but it's not going to. No, uh, so HarperCollins is my publisher in Canada, and my, my literary agent was on mat leave, and she came back from mat leave and sent it out, and they sent it out to their territories, so basically New York and London. And in London, they, they, they like the book, but they, they think the title, The South of France, is ridiculous to them because it, it has to play off the romantic feeling that I have when I hear the phrase The South of France. So In London, it's like... That's like saying in Edmonton, Leduke, the novel. No, no, honestly, or Pigeon Lake, uh, that, that place we go to the weekend. Because, you know, yeah, I, I jumped on Ryanair last weekend and went to the south of France. Uh, I, don't, I don't have any romantic association. There's no irony there whatsoever. So that title does not work there. And, and then in, in New York, the publisher that's interested in it, and they're, they're big and fancy, and I'm going to see them this weekend, and I'm so frightened that, uh, well, that this could go wrong somehow, but they, they don't have government funding for their publishing industry whatsoever. So they don't care really about what is art, what is commercial fiction. They don't really make those distinctions or what builds America in some way. They just want the thing to sell. This thing has to sell this many hundreds of thousands of copies, otherwise our investment doesn't make any sense. And so when they tell you about structure and, and they talk about voice and they talk about 
art versus commercial. It's a very different conversation than you have in Canada where we can be a little bit philosophical and French about it. Well, the novel is this. Well, in, in the States, the, the novel either sells or you die. <laughs> they will send a man to break your legs. They'll, kill, they'll actually because kill you your kids. You can still write with broken legs. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of fear and sweat and hair losingness that comes with, I mean. I didn't mean to look at your head just now. Uh, <laughs> and that is, it's, it's the Edmonton weather, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a dry bald. cold, so the follicles, <laughs> yeah, they just. Thanks, Edmonton. If it were Hamilton, you'd be fine. Uh, I, did, I came to Edmonton with hair uh, since I've been in Edmonton. <laughs> so uh, wh what do you think you're going to have to change with this novel? Uh, well, Other than the other title. Than the, title yeah. the main thing is the the dead person <laughs> has oh. to happen in maybe page six instead of page 60. Die oh. sooner. That's what we need. Jump right into the action. Yeah. 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 Mm. Not, not as much foreplay with the pretty. Wow, Agatha Christie would just not get published nowadays. Ever. Probably. Yeah, <laughs> not in New York anyway. <laughs> yep. Well, good luck with the, uh, with the edits and with the title. I don't think you should use Pigeon Lake. I think, I think that would be bad. But I think there's probably some island no one's ever been to that you could refer to. So, Well, thank you for the insults today. <laughs> and uh, thank you for this uh, stimulating conversation. And it is an honor to be here among comic books. Uh, I always <laughs> wanted to be a comic book guy and uh, lacked whatever it was. I read, I read Archie's and wanted to have sex instead. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Todd Babiak. Thanks, Todd. It is, uh, we're near the end of the show, so. Which means that it's coming up on Adam's favorite time of the show, actually. Do you mean the Fast 15? No, that's the wrong thing. Play the next thing. That's the, thing. that's the thing. Adam, is that right? Adam, Adam, look at me. Trent. Adam, look at me. God damn it, Adam, look at me. Was that right? <laughs> that was the right thing. <laughs> that was the right thing. You're welcome, everybody. You'll never be back here, Trent. Thank now, you. we were going to do the, the Fast 15 with Catherine Zabo. Is she here? Please, young lady, come up to the stage. The reason that we've asked, yes, give her a huge round of applause. You can sit, you can stand, you can do whatever you like. <laughs> now, the reason that we asked Catherine to come on to the, sh the show, and did I say your last name correctly? I, oh, you were just <laughs> like, Catherine, oh, fuck. <laughs> uh, is it, how do you pronounce your last name? Zabo. Zabo, so I did not say it correctly. Well, we are saying it correctly now. Catherine Zabo. Is on the stage because she has been listening to The Unknown Studio, I, I don't know, for how long now? Like, the last few months. October, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's like a few months. I guess. And you've, you've started at the beginning, and you're working your way through the whole thing. Where are you right now? Second season, second episode. I listened to music on my way in today. I wasn't listening to the Unforgivable. Oh. I'm going to get like two hours of it, so I'm going to... I enough. think that was <laughs> a good choice. <laughs> I think that was a good choice with the music. The music? And not the unknown studio. <laughs> He's really not coming back. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad we're not paying him, because it would be terrible. But now, the other reason why... Uh, why we asked you is because, uh, being as you've listened to most of our shows at this point, uh, you're familiar with Fast 15, which would be a rarity amongst our guests, <laughs> yeah. actually. Or it's just like, if you listen to the show, they're just like, yes. <laughs> so you know about the Fast 15. You should probably explain it to your listeners. 
And we do every time. So, does everyone here know what the Vast 15 is? There were people who don't. We're going to have to explain it. For those of you just joining us, the Fast 15 is a series of 15 questions we ask of all of our guests on the show. If we happen to have two guests on the show, we call it the Fast 16. We do a little bit of editing, and it all happens. The first 13 questions are standard questions we ask of all our guests. Really simple stuff. And then we have two wildcard questions, and they can be anything, like sex positions and shit. (laughs) But we're not doing that tonight. Uh, And because Catherine is going through the show, we thought it'd be great to have you on the show. We're so glad that you came up from Lloyd Minster, Saskatchewan (laughs) slash Alberta. She was concerned, uh, as I recall, that she would be blown off the highway from the high winds today. (laughs) And it didn't happen. It was, well, as soon as you left the west side, it's all like gorgeous blue sky, but we're under like thunder clouds right now. We had some crazy thunderstorms last night. Well, we're really glad that you could make it out. So here we go. The Fast 15 with Catherine Sabo. Number one, your favorite food? Raspberries. Favorite color? Bright green. Mac, PC, or Linux? Mac. Dogs or cats? Dogs. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Favorite holiday? Oh. Um. Oh, and she was going so well. (laughs) This would have been the fastest 15 ever, but it's not. (laughs) Favorite holiday? Um. Christmas is easy. That's it is easy. And your it's favorite Christmas is a very easy holiday. <laughs> <laughs> Slut. <laughs> your favorite sport? Synchronized swimming or yoga? That might be a first for the unknown studio. <laughs> Everyone's just like sitting there, watching stuff. That's a fucking sport. I'm just like, I we shouldn't have Jay Bardilla on I the show sports, anymore. Yes, I I do not sports. Yeah. <laughs> favorite pastime? This would be where you say, sitting there. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't had a lot of free time because I'm a journalist, so I don't get a lot of free time, but probably just like learning new like coding stuff or oh, new cool. different like. So what I just heard skills, is favorite pastime, not journalism. <laughs> 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 Your favorite music right now? Flogging Molly or the Stellas, but Buddy Holly's always a standby. Sweet. Favorite movie right now? don't go to movies. <laughs> so just all time. Anything you've seen that just... Newsies. Wow. Something journalism oh. related. It just, it, just won, uh, it just won a Tony. It's not a movie, Scott. That's a that's stage. It's based on the movie. Fuck. <laughs> Probably Without a Paddle is my favorite movie of all time. Ooh. There you go. Uh, your favorite video game? I don't know. Like Wii? Like Mario Kart or something? Sure. That is acceptable. That, that is acceptable. If you could have one superpower, very appropriate for... Our venue. What would it oh. be? Probably because I do a lot of highway driving to teleport. Outstanding. Star Wars or Star Trek? I've never seen either. Oh my god. <laughs> Stop the show. <laughs> Break everything. Uh, all I heard was Star Trek. So the next question. <laughs> we. <laughs> We're on to I like how only half, this half of the audience clapped the rest of like, fucking Star Wars. <laughs> you are a monster. I am. Okay, first wild card question. What, what has made you want to move to Edmonton? Because that is what you want to do, is it I'm not? I'm doing that actually on Saturday. New Edmontonian, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> so on Saturday, you're moving your whole life here. 
No, I'm moving half my life. I'm raising the rest of the life on the following Saturday. That it's makes okay. sense. That's, yeah. <laughs> That's just easier. That, yeah, yeah. yeah. Practical life moving. So why Edmonton? What is it about this place? I'm from Calgary, but I interned in Edmonton. And I just think there's like there's different cultures here than in Calgary. Like Edmonton's a lot of like start up and like, hey, let's try this and hey, let's experiment with this. Whereas like Calgary's like if it doesn't make us money, if it's not proven and it's going to work right off the get-go, forget it. We're not going to try it. Whereas Edmonton's like, yeah, sure. Like, there's that found festival this weekend in mm-hmm. Old Strathcona. I think that's fantastic. It's new. It's a new festival. I love the festival season here, too. Cool. Um, so I just think it's a lot more like Edmonton's a lot more experimental. And I think it's part of, like, where I lived in Garneau when I was interning here. And so, I mean, you're close to university. You're close to Old Strathcona. I think it's awesome and all the farmers markets and stuff so hmm. what i heard was better than calgary yeah <laughs> <laughs> what i heard was edmonton way more experimental <laughs> and now our last wild card question Catherine. what has been <laughs> this is the self-serving wild card question as well so far what has been your favorite unknown studio episode oh i was worried about this question oh really because yeah. they all suck um <laughs> <laughs> uh, probably the bug one I need to listen to again because I was busy off like cleaning half my house. So I wasn't really listening, but it sounded interesting. Um, I really like the foreign journalist one, the Australian. I oh, was, yeah, I Jeremy. Lis- that was when I started, like when I was listening to you guys, like when I was driving. So I'm like, I've never done this before. And I don't know if you'll actually keep me awake. But um, that one was. <laughs> it's the accent. <laughs> it's a struggle. That one, I like, I was giggling and it was really good. So cool. Probably Great. That one. Ladies and gentlemen, the Fast 15 with Catherine Sabo. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. And so for the three of you that know the show, that actually is basically the end. Basically. But not actually tonight. But no. Because we don't want to just leave without having Apocalypse Cow come back on. That's true. So we're going to have them up one more time. Are we going to do our sponsors first? No. Okay. They can wait. Okay. <laughs> okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Apocalypse Cow. Thanks for uh, thanks thanks for uh, having us here, uh, Scott and Adam. Um, I am a, a a bad listener. I am about as far along as Catherine is, and I've been listening for like two years. So, <laughs> but uh, I, I do love the show, and I would just like to, th- on behalf of the group, thanks for having us, and thanks for all you guys for coming out. I know they were a little worried, and I think it's gone great. What do you guys think? <laughs> So this is a song, but it's also a story. This is a song about a very special girl, but for reasons that will be later explained in the song, a girl that will never be mine. I promised a week earlier. It's not about her. It's secrets. It's a secret. Jesse is a friend. Yeah, I know he is a good friend of mine. But lately something's changed that ain't hard to define. Jesse's got himself a girl and I want to make mine. Cause she's watching him with those eyes. 
The name of my friend, whose woman I'm in love with, is not Jesse. But don't worry, I'll tell you the story, and I will keep up the fake name to protect our friendship. I was talking to Jesse, and I said, Jesse, you know I have this problem with this girl. And he's like, tell me about it, Devin, why don't you? And I said, well, Jesse, I know you're very busy getting ready for your podcast taping tonight, but I wanted to just to, to talk to you about it. And he said, I know, I know, don't worry. What girl wouldn't want to go for you? You have a luscious salt and pepper beard. My beard is only brown. There's no texture to it at all. And I said, Jesse, don't worry. You have a lady. She's wonderful and marvelous and, and, and fantastic. And he said, thanks, Devin. Well, do you think I should wear a t-shirt tonight or this purple shirt? And I said, I think the purple shirt would work best. Scott's wearing a shirt and tie, don't you think? And he said, I feel bad for you, but now I have to go. I'm taping the Unknown Studio, and you're singing in it. We'll talk later. talking later about something? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> so that concludes, basically, except for a few things that we're going to talk at you about, the live show, the first ever live show of the Unknown Studio. I'm going to applaud. 
I'm going to applaud because we had some amazing guests on this evening. Incredible guests. We had Dana DiTomaso. We had, yes. We had Todd Babiak. We did. We, we had Todd Babiak. And then we interviewed him on stage. We had Erica Viegas. <laughs> the very funny and quite young Liam Kreswick. Did you say young? I did. Yeah, he's young. He's younger than me, so that counts. He's like seven and a half tomorrow, I think. Yeah. yeah. DJ Happy. Fred Wilkie working over in the corner there. Thank you very much. And the beautiful on the inside and the outside apocalypse cow. So the question is, should we do this again? <laughs> uh, did you just say encore? They said applause. Oh. They were tweeting, Scott. I was, I was concerned <laughs> they said encore because we don't have anything planned. Oh, shit. <laughs> we don't have anything planned. Trent, B-roll, quick. Uh, no, this was great. This was a lot of fun for us, and it was really an experiment that we were sitting in a bar. I, I mean, we've talked about it a few times on our website, theunknownstudio.ca, bookmark that shit. Uh, we talked about it a few times, how we were sitting in a bar and thinking, what do we and do? We, let's be honest, we are often sitting in a bar. That's where I sit when together. I'm sitting. <laughs> yep. There's a bar back there. It's amazing. You just sit down, it appears. Uh, and we, we were trying to think of what we could do to end our third season. We've been on the air for three years, and uh, our birthday, the podcast birthday was June 23rd, so happy birthday to the Unknown Studio. Thank you. That, that wasn't him fishing for applause, but thank no, you. No, uh, and, and really... Like I said, it was an experiment. We, when we put the tickets for sale and made them free, it was because we weren't really sure how this was going to turn out. But I think that we could honestly say, we, uh, next year we can charge people. <laughs> I think we can honestly say to everyone that a live show occurred. That a live show occurred. That's all. That's all. And that it and was a lot of fun. We had a lot of fun. And next week, the people who weren't here can hear it. Yeah, and fuck them for not showing up. <laughs> Especially Brittany. <laughs> oh, the internet will hear of this. Uh, we do, and, uh, and of course, J and J are sitting in the back, uh, taking copious notes. Yeah, how do we do a live totally show? This. Yeah, you do. Don't shake your head. Eh, it was okay. <laughs> you know, I like Ninja Turtles and Domino's Pizza. Maybe. Uh, <laughs> no, just kidding. Now copy everything we do and make it better. Um, really. And before we actually let you go, before we tell you as you leave the door that you shouldn't leave. We do have a few people that we need to thank. First and foremost, of course, is Jay Bardilla and the whole staff here at Happy Harbor for letting us occupy the space. Uh, it's funny story, actually, because uh, we had been discussing what we should do to end the season, and then Jay came to us and said, you guys should do a live show at my store. And we were like, really? You don't say. That's dumb. Yeah. Uh, that was a hard one to shoot down, actually. But you've been, you've been great, Jay. You've been, I've come in here a few times before we did this to figure out what, what's going to happen. And his response every time is like, don't worry about it. We're just going to do it, and it's going to happen, and everything will be fine. And you're actually right. It was. So thank you so much for, for taking a chance on us. We really, really do appreciate it. Um, we would also like to thank a uh, sponsor of the show who's been with us for, I think, over two years now. Guru Digital Arts College. Um, 
and and they have supported us with actual money. They're one of those people that we tricked into paying us to help us do this, and we could not do the show without Owen because he the 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 sponsorship that he provides us allowed us to buy a ton of this equipment, and uh, and we really really do appreciate your support. Yeah. Yeah, uh, all that money. I was going to hand him a mic, but Jago took his mic. Jago. So actually, you can just come up and use my mic. It's okay, uh, don't worry about Owen, it. Owen wanted to say a few words this evening to uh, the Assembled and then to the Internet later. So, uh, Owen, come on up. You're taller than I am. <laughs> You're pointing down. Can you hear me now? Is that all good? No? Okay. Thank you. Groovy. Uh, so, yeah, it's been great hanging out with these guys and uh and i had something very important or i have something very important that i want to share and i want to share it here first because uh these guys have have been uh really cool to to do stuff with and support and we can tell by the enthusiasm of the audience um and over the past two and a half years of hanging out with you guys and uh, and you know kind of growing the school and whatnot we're we're kind of now at capacity uh, in the space we're in. And, um, and so we, we had to make a decision about whether we were going to stay where we were or, or move outside our boundaries. And um, there's this cool place in town uh, that's on 104th Street and 104th Avenue <laughs> called the Mercer Building. And starting in September, Guru is going to be existing in the Mercer Building. We're going to be partnering up with Startup Edmonton. Um, we are an art school that does technology. Um, and the startup guys are pretty techie who are kind of artsy. And it's a really cool fit. And we couldn't be more excited. And I wanted to say it here first at the Unknown Studio Live show because this is the Twitter ratty. <laughs> That's pretty exciting That news. is extremely exciting news. So, if you're thinking, as we do this on the show, every time we do a shout-out for, for Guru, we always refer to Owen as the Dumbledore of digital media in Edmonton. And now they're moving into a bigger Hogwarts. Yeah. <laughs> Your castle. Uh, just hope that there is a room of requirement there. You know what I'd be doing in there? Terrible things. <laughs> that I require... <laughs> Congratulations, Owen. That's great news. That is tremendous news. So thank you to our guests, to Trent, to, uh, to Owen, to our sponsors, to Jay, to my girlfriend, Rachel, for suffering through the last few months as I try to plan this fucking thing with Scott. And my wife, Anita, who's not here because she's stage managing Avenue Q this evening. Uh, to our supporters, to listeners of the show. We've been doing this for three years now, and uh, it's kind of tough to do a podcast without an audience that downloads it. Um, so from the very bottom... Of our hearts. As far down as we can physiologically go, we thank you. Now, remember, yes, yeah, that would be a good time. <laughs> uh, we have a new season starting in September. Watch the website over the summer. There are opportunities for you startup people to advertise with us, and we'll try and make it worth your while. Um, and we've got some pretty exciting stuff that we're cooking up over the summer that you'll oh, yeah. you'll see start to come to fruition it's in the fall. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, like seriously ridiculous. Uh, related to the podcast, but not exactly the same thing. We're we're experimenting. 
It's Edmonton, everybody. So thanks again for coming. You've been listening to The Unknown Studio, Episode 71, recorded live at Happy Harbor Comics in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. Our guests, Dana DiTomaso, Todd Babiak, Erica Viegas, and Apocalypse Cow, pre-production by Adam Rosenhart, live production by Trent Wilkie, post-production by Scott C. Bourgeois. The Unknown Studio is a proud member of the League of Extraordinary Media. You can visit us on the web at theunknownstudio.ca. Thanks for listening to Season 3 of The Unknown Studio. The Unknown Studio.